How to Prevent Burnout with Achievement Intelligence Interview with Caroline Dowd-Higgins In today's world, AI is improving our productivity, but do you feel that it is overwhelming us? Is there, people are becoming more workaholic because they feel like they need to keep going on and on. They're burning out. What can we do to utilize all the technological advances yet maintain a good balance in our life? Well, there is something called achievement intelligence that could help us create that balance. And if we apply that, we could enjoy a healthy life, a vibrant career, we can reduce our stress and have really a balance in our life. So would you like to learn what it is? So stay tuned as our guest today is going to share her story of how she went from almost at the brink of burnout to be this most productive, successful woman that she is. Welcome to Happy and Healthy Mind program, episode 121. Our guest today is Caroline Dowd Higgins. She's passionate about unlocking the art of the possible in her work with individuals and organizations as a certified executive coach, a best-selling author, a dynamic speaker, and a sought-after consultant. Her new book, Your Career Advantage, Overcome Challenges to Achieve a Rewarding Work Life, is empowering people to enjoy their careers and love their lives. Caroline hosts the award-winning podcast, Your Working Life, with listeners in 16 countries. And I'm your host, Dr. Rosina Lakani. I help leaders reverse burnout using their own genetic code. Over the last 26 years, I've been helping people come out of deep depression and anxiety. And I have learned that underlying many of the mental health condition is the chronic stress. And therefore, we need to work on improving our mental fitness. And in these programs, we share tips for mental fitness so you don't have to suffer unnecessary. If you need a specific medical advice, please consult your healthcare professional. But if you like this content, please like and share so other people could also live their best life with hope, health, and happiness. So let's learn from our guests. Thank you, Caroline, for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Rosina. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. So tell us, how did this topic become important in your life? Well, it's a very personal experience. Like many of our friends around the world, I was working around the clock during the pandemic. I I used to work in person in an office. I did a lot of traveling and that all changed during the pandemic as it did for many of us. And I was working on a Zoom screen. I was in my home office, which I appreciated very much but I ended up working 12 and sometimes 14 hour days. And this lasted for several years, even as the pandemic journey changed. And there was no doubt that I was exhausted and depleted and really experiencing burnout in every way, shape or form. And I hit a wall and I knew something had to change and I needed to take control of my life and my career. Wonderful. And I could relate to it, like you're saying it, and I could see my life got affected and a lot of people that I help got affected. And so, yeah, how did the life change? What did you do? It's such a great question, and everybody's journey is slightly different. But I, I worked for a wonderful organization that was not used to having remote employees. So 
were tracking hours and I was a professional at a very high executive level. I didn't clock in. I was a salaried employee, but all of a sudden I was tracking hours to prove to leadership above me that I was working. And I get it. I don't blame them. They were shifting. They were trying to understand this new normal, which I call, Rosina, the new abnormal. There was nothing normal about the COVID pandemic experience in so many ways. But we, as work-at-home employees, out of necessity, were trying to prove to our leadership and our organizations that we were productive and that we were getting things done. So the bad side effect was overwork and overwhelm. And I'll also say it wasn't just proving our value. There was a lot of work to do. Uh, I was working to help people who were experiencing unemployment because of the pandemic get back into the workforce. Those are very noble and important causes and it required around the clock work. And I realized I wasn't doing my best work because I was tired, I was mm -hmm. exhausted, and I was overwhelmed. Right, right. How did the life change after you applied some of the tools that you're going to teach us today? Well, uh, I'll give you a little backstory briefly to help your audience understand context. So for 20 plus years, I have worked in the world of higher education empowering people on their lifelong career journey. And I've loved that, but I've always had what I call a side hustle, a small side business where I was pursuing my executive coaching, my speaking, you very kindly mentioned my podcast, and books that I have written. I've always loved my career. I am admittedly someone who tends to overwork. I have that tendency and I had become an alcohol, a workaholic, excuse me. I said alcoholic. That's not what I meant at all. A workaholic. And I will tell you that a workaholic is the only addiction that is celebrated. Think about it. Drug addiction, alcohol addiction. We know it's harmful and we try to help people recover. We don't try to help people recover from workaholism because companies embrace that and they say, great, she's burning the candle at both ends or she works around the clock. She's always available. They celebrate it and they often recognize it as a busy badge of honor. But I had that moment that I realized this is not how I want to spend my life. I'm missing my life. My health is declining and I'm not even enjoying my work. So in September of 2022, I converted my side hustle business into my full-time work. And I took a courageous leap to leave a very successful full-time role with a handsome salary and wonderful benefits in retirement because I was investing in me. And it was a great opportunity to redesign my life. And now I'm thriving in my business and I have much more control and autonomy over my life and my career. Wonderful, wonderful. And so, yeah, many people may not be able to leave their job and change their, their career to be able to create that balance. So how can they apply what you were talking about, achievement intelligence? But yeah. first, tell, tell us what, what it is. like. Yeah, so achievement intelligence is something that I came up with, and I, I write about this a lot. I talk about it on my podcast. It's a new layer that we must consider. Let me give you context. Artificial intelligence, AI, is extraordinary, and it's here to stay. I know it's controversial in many areas, but the reality is there are clear business wins 
doing and achieving more and optimizing that with artificial intelligence technology. But what I believe is that we have a relentless focus on doing more and more and more. And this is dangerous because it will wreak havoc on people and workplace cultures. And Rosina, you and I know that burnout and exhaustion and overwhelm is exacerbating depression, anxiety, and stress. And we also know that this leads to debilitating health and in a workplace, the revolving door of talent. And that's not a sound business case, nor is it the right way to treat people. So artificial intelligence must be coupled with what I am calling achievement intelligence. It's a new layer and it is guardrails to honor the humans doing the work that is optimized by this wonderful technology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell us more in terms of how it applies to, at the individual level. I will. I will. So I want you to dream with me and imagine a little bit. Imagine a new world of work where organizations focused on high quality instead of high quantity with mediocre outcomes. Because what I was seeing in the world of work is that people were exhausted and burned out they were accomplishing a lot, but the quality was less. So I really believe we need to shift the business case to focus on high quality, extraordinary work that isn't necessarily more. I believe less can be more. Let me also share, sustainable cultures of well-being are celebrated and recruiting and retaining top talent can be celebrated with artificial, excuse me, with uh, achievement intelligence. So we're not constantly replacing that person who leaves because they're burned out. Financially, companies spend millions of dollars rehiring and retraining because their workforce is exhausted and they leave. So we need to shift the goal mindset. We need to celebrate achievements and not constantly be raising the bar higher and higher. At a certain point, it's unreachable and it's at the expense of the human worker. So those are just a few things that identify what achievement intelligence is all about. Wonderful, wonderful. And I think it would make even further sense as we go, go along in terms of how each individual and in our audience can apply yeah. this in their own life to create this work-life balance. And so, yeah, so can you tell us some tools? Some I'd love to, yes, yes. And so think about me as your guinea pig, you know? Okay. Um, I am a workaholic in some ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so it would help me too, so. so. So let me use you, Rosina, right? You're a very successful doctor. You have an incredible practice. You have this beautiful podcast. And you, you may work around the, around the clock, admittedly. But it's interesting because you smiled when you said, yes, I'm a workaholic. So that didn't give you pause. You weren't frowning saying, oh, I'm upset that I'm a workaholic. Because the culture, the global culture is what I call the busy brag, burning the candle at both ends, working around the clock, is an addiction that we celebrate. I mentioned that earlier. And I believe instead of saying, how do I mitigate burnout? 
the question that we need to ask is, how do I live a life of vitality? So the first step, Rosina, for you and your listeners is to say, why am I doing this much? Is it really bringing me joy and fulfillment and well-being? And I would challenge anyone who is admittedly a workaholic to say, yes, I am healthy and vibrant because most often you're not sleeping, you're not exercising or moving well, you don't have time to eat well because you're always on the go. And it's shifting from workaholic to high achiever. I'm still a high achiever. And I can say with humble confidence, I do great work and I work hard, but now I have boundaries to give myself permission to enjoy my life and my career. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yes, yes. Well, I have to correct myself. I am a recovering workaholic. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. And and Yeah. yeah, you know, I think my journey also started because I realized how how the stress was affecting me and my right um, my ability to function so all right so the first first i need to acknowledge that why i'm doing what i'm doing mm-hmm. and so once i realized that okay i'm really passionate about doing this or you know this is calling of my life mm-hmm. um and i i really want to make the best out of my life i want to help the maximum number of people mm-hmm. And I want to live fully, like give fully yeah, and yeah. live fully. So that is my purpose. So what do I do next? Okay. So I want you to look at your daily schedule and, and figure out what is a, a healthy work day. Is it eight hours? Is it 10 hours? Is it six hours? It's different for every person. Now, let me tell you realistically, I worked in the corporate world for 20 years and I know there are crunch times there are deadlines, there are goals. And I call that sprint time where you're running fast, but you can't run the marathon at a sprinter's pace. So a healthy non-workaholic professional who is a high achiever says, when do I have to give 100% and when can I give 80%? Because 80% is good enough. And it doesn't mean your quality is lacking. But I would not necessarily finish my day at six o'clock. I would go until nine o'clock at night and then I would grab some food and then try to zero out my inbox, which was impossible. So give yourself permission to say, I'm done. I'm done and I'm going to honor myself. I would also say, look at your sleep. Are you really honoring the rest that your body needs? You were going to say something. Yeah, I was just kind of saying that many times, you know, we pride in finishing things and the emails are kind of overloading. And if you don't respond to the important emails, then, you know, things don't get done. And a lot of us are in professions where things don't get done, then somebody suffers. So we have this desire to make sure that everybody else's needs are met. And so how do you create this balance um, and I've seen like, you know, when I have, uh, I'm done seeing patients and now I'm doing all the refills and I'm doing all the messages and somebody needs this and somebody needs that. And many times if I have a structure where I had to go pick my daughter or something like that, then I kind of close it out. But especially when I was working from home, I'm like continuously, let me just finish this. Let, right. me, finish this, let me finish this. And then here it's kind of the dinner time passed or whatever and, right. and, and things get affected. 
So how do you meet the needs of your work, meet the needs of people you serve, mm-hmm. uh, and still keep the boundary yeah. of this time? It, it's such an important question. So first, you need to teach people how to treat you. So for example, if I respond to an email to a colleague at 10 o'clock at night, and they see that timestamp, and they're working too, and they email me back, they assume that I'm working. So change the behavior and save it until the next day. Is it really an emergency? Must it get done today? And those are tough questions to answer for an achiever. And it sounds like you and I are the same personality type. We're the achiever, we wanna get it done. We want to think about the client or the customer or whomever we serve. Is it really imperative to finish now or can that wait until tomorrow? That's an important question. And that is a growth opportunity because our initial reflex is do it now. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm kind of your guinea pig at this time, I would just kind of come up with another excuse. Well, I know that is an excuse, but still that is our mind's, mind's excuse because you know, when I'm trying to finish up the day and I'm trying to take care of all the messages, sometimes I feel like, okay, I'm getting exhausted. I need to stop. I can do it tomorrow. But tomorrow there will be more work. There would be more patients to see. There will be more yeah. charts to do. There will be more refills. So like it kind of one day's work goes to the next day, to the next day. And so then the strategy that is taught is get your work day done today. So then you don't take the burden over to the next day. Right. And so and, how would you kind of resolve that conflict? Um, yeah, and this is a systemic problem in the world of work because we often are so busy answering the emails that we don't have time to do the work. And it is a problem, there is no doubt. So this is not an easy fix. This is a systemic issue. And this is deeply, deeply embroiled in company culture. Even if you are like me, a solo entrepreneur, you have your own practice of patience. So we need to have the courage to say something needs to change. And again, maybe it's taking fewer patients or bringing more people in who can help you navigate some of the administrative things that someone else could do, right? How do we delegate? And I realize delegation is a luxury. Not everybody has that opportunity, but it will feel different. There's no doubt about it. We can't do it all. We really can't. There's some interesting study, and and you may be very well aware of this in neuroscience, that if we don't have space and some quiet reflection time, our brains get overwhelmed. And we saw this during the pandemic. They actually took CAT scans of brains on Zoom. And there's so much overwhelm that you don't even remember the meetings that you had in the morning. And by the time the evening comes and you're trying to answer the emails, you're not doing quality work anymore. And that's the reality. The quality suffers. So we have to have the courage to say, I'm not going to do all of that. Something has to change. And that takes a lot of bravery. Yeah. So creating that balance of how much you can do. And, you know, some people I've also seen struggle with because the more they do, the more they can achieve or like, you know, if they have to make certain amount of money, like, you know, in, in people who are working for selling their work for hours. So if yeah. they work less, then they make less. If they work more, then they make more. 
And that's also a dilemma that people face. It is. It is. And and I'm not discounting that. I agree wholeheartedly. And, and I'm in that scenario now as someone who is a solo entrepreneur. However, my health, when it declines, is expensive. It means I can't work. I'm unhappy. So there are so many other things that burnout, stress, overwhelm, depression, anxiety cause in our lives. We have to think about the value of being well and being healthy. And and I I truly believe it's a big mental shift here. It's not easy, right? If you're constantly working and you can't enjoy your life, is it really rewarding? And that's an individual question that everybody can answer because everybody has a different set of values. Some people are motivated by money. That's not a bad thing. That's a choice. Yeah, so it's kind of an ongoing struggle that many people go through. And so let's kind of start summarizing how people can adopt this achievement intelligence in their own life. So what I heard you say, number one, is ask yourself why, why you're doing whatever you're doing. The number two, I heard you say, develop a structure, a boundary and say like, you know, when your work ends. And third, I heard you say that train other people how to treat you. Right. That they are not expecting you to be responding in the middle of the night. And then I think sometimes we we automatically assume that we are expected to work that way. Right. But actually expectation is done by ourselves. Like we are putting our own expectations. Exactly. And then the fourth thing I heard you say is that this has to be a balance in terms of Yes, your productivity determines your income, but where to create this boundary so that work for income does not take away your ability to work on a long-term basis. Right. Because then you are working beyond your capacity. Initially, you're okay. You don't even realize how it is affecting your body, but then it catches up on you. And if it affects your ability to function, your quality would go down, your ability to work would go down. So not only your, you will pay in form of ill health, but you would also pay in form of loss of productivity and loss of ability to continue to earn that. Income. Yeah. Rosina, if I may, I'll add two things. You know, there is an ebb and flow to our work. There are busy times. There are even busier times. And part of that is giving yourself permission to have some times that aren't busy. I'm realistic. I know the world of work is busy and I know it's not easy for someone to say dial back. But if we're constantly at that high, high stress intensity level, that's not good for productivity or for our health. So it's a matter, you use the word balance, of finding the ebb and flow. And I I will also add that stress has become such a constant state. People don't know what it's like not to be stressed because they've normalized the stress and they think this is the way life should be. It took me about six months to detoxify from a high stress work environment. My body didn't know what to do, but gradually I slept better. All of the things were making me healthier and actually helped me become more productive in my work because my body and mind were healthy. And I just want to help your audience understand we have normalized stress and we think that's the way it has to be. 
And you always have choice. You always have permission to do what you need to, to honor yourself. Yeah. And, you know, that is one of my main theme that I try to teach people and especially this new program that I'm starting is on reversing burnout, reversing the effect of chronic stress on your body, because, you know, we don't realize how our adrenals get shot and our ability yeah. to fight infections get affected when we are in this constant state of stress. And so one of the major points that I try to emphasize is that do not wait Right. till the things really go out of control and start taking these breaks even if it is one minute break every hour or every three hours just put an alarm on the phone take that one minute to do the deep breathing ground yourself clear your mind think what you're doing you know see your intention and see if you're doing the best work that you could be and then determine your next hour or next three hours. And what that does is as your cortisol level is going up when you're kind of in that stress mode, by taking that one minute break, you bring that cortisol right. level down. Right. And so then it has its ability to address the next stress and next stress. Mm -hmm. And and your body does not get totally burned out. It kind of gets this calm space. So you were saying that, you know, taking those less intense time. Now, I suggest to people that even in that intense time, put that, you know, few right. minutes of break throughout the day. And then, you know, every every so often take the time off mm -hmm. and take the day off or take the week off for the vacation and stuff. There has been studies that people who don't take vacation, they live several years less than the people yeah. who take vacation. It's true. What I have seen uh, sometimes people just say, okay, I need a vacation. And I'll take break when I take vacation. What I say is vacation is a great deposit in your emotional coping account, but you need to take small, small breaks throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, so that you can keep regrounding yourself and stay in your best state. So we are having a lot of wonderful time and we didn't, the time is coming towards the end. So let's kind of uh, share with people how they can reach you. Uh, if they need more information about you and about your book and about your podcast. Thank you, Rosina. The best way is my website, carolinedoubthiggins.com on the screen. Thank you for that. My podcast can be viewed there. It's also on all major podcast platforms. I have a video series with pro tips about how to enjoy your career and love your life. My books, I write quite a bit. I put a lot of information out into the universe that's free and available to our listeners because I'm on a mission to empower people to truly enjoy their lives and celebrate their careers. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Wonderful, wonderful. And so can you kind of give us your best advice or best yeah. tip to wrap up the program? It's very simple. You, you, you need to give yourself some quiet time to reflect and really ask the question, am I happy? Am I healthy? Am I fulfilled? Am I rewarded? And am I living my values? And you may not even know what your values are. So that's another indication of giving yourself that space to reflect. We are so busy in life and career that we don't give ourselves that space. That's a gift to yourself. And you should do that check-in every six months or even more frequently to align what you want so you can enjoy your career and love your life. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. And 
I want to share with the audience. Caroline has been gracious to share a wonderful gift with our audience, and it is called Mid-Year Career Refresh. Tell us in a sentence or two what, what they would get in this gift. Well, you know, we're at the summertime mark in the calendar year, and we've got about a half a year left until we turn the clock toward 2024. And this is a wonderful time to really assess to have that quiet time, but also think about where are you in your career? I am still an ambitious person. So even though I'm prioritizing my health and wellness, it doesn't mean that I'm not an ambitious career focused woman. And it's a time to refresh and think about what do I want moving forward? How am I perceived on LinkedIn? What am I doing well? What are things that I would like to change or learn or enhance? So it's a very brief file that will share some tips about how to refresh and recharge your career before we head into a new calendar year. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. And if you guys want this great resource, please head on to our website, happyandhealthymind.com. And you know that resource button when you click, you get these wonderful gifts by our guests, including this one. And if you would like us to send the text reminders for these resources or reminders for future programs, text us word joyful to number 38470, and we'd be happy to send you those resources. So let me leave you with this question. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. What are you going to do? to change the trajectory of your life. Are you going to allow the status quo to run your life? Or are you going to use this achievement intelligence we learned today to balance your work and life, work and family and health so that you can not only just perform well, but also live well and enjoy each day of your life. On that note, Stay safe, happy and healthy. Until next time, Dr. Rosie.